take real estate as a shot or as a fully stocked cooler? This is the Five O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast. We're bringing common sense back to real estate investment. So crack open your beverage of choice, sit back and relax, and allow us to learn you a thing or two. All right. So today we're going to talk about a strategy. Jeff and I have been dealing with a couple of investors that have this unusual way of putting together their forecast on investment properties. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I ran some scenarios and I want to kind of preach back to what we always talk about, and that is getting away from this pie in the sky, cash flow, I'm going to be Donald Trump, real estate investment idea, and go more toward the asset wealth building. We are sponsored by Title Assurance and Escrow, a title company here in Cordova that does all of our closings, title work, escrows, and we only use Title Assurance and Escrow. That relationship is very important because we can get things done for our investors quickly and easily. So to speak with Title Assurance and Escrow, call 901-737-3332. Ask for Chris or April. I view investment real estate similar to the stock market right? You invest the money and hope to take advantage of growth and gains. You don't take your dividends out monthly in a paycheck, right? What do you do? You let them reinvest back into that stock. That's how this needs to be viewed. This is how you need to view investment in real estate. Now, I know the experts in California and the seminar guys that are charging you a crap load of money to sell you a bag full of crap will argue against that. But I've been in this business long enough. I've seen many people fail. I've seen many people succeed. And the people that always succeed go after the wealth building model versus the cash flow model. And in that, there's several different ways people look at it. You guys hear the terms cash on cash return. Cash on cash return is literally what it means. I pay hundred grand for the house. I'm getting $1,000 a month rent, less my expenses. There's my cash on cash return. So I ran a scenario. I used a mortgage calculator on one of our own properties that we have listed. It's a turnkey property in a package from Sunrise Construction. And it's a 5404 Cornstalk. It's not currently rented yet, but it's waiting for an MHA tenant through an MHA inspection. So here is the scenario on this. Listed at 115000 Basically, the MHA rent's going to be 1195 a month starting out. It's a three-bedroom, one-bath. Uh, Jeff and I actually looked at it. It's a pretty nice little house. So in this scenario, let's say you're going to take out a mortgage and you can get, you're going to offer 110000 and we can work that deal out. And you're going to get a rate of 6.8%. So the mortgage calculator predicted that you would put down $22,000 out of your own pocket as a down payment. At 6.8%, you got $11.95 a month rent, and your expenses are going to be this, $108. I've used an average 9% management fee. You may can get less if you have multiple properties, but that's pretty average. Insurance was $85 a month. Taxes were $91 a month. Interest on your loan payment of $771 was $608 a month. So I removed the principal portion of your expenses of that payment. And the reason why is because you borrowed that from the bank. That's not your money. You're just repaying that portion. What expense to you is that interest. So I added that as an expense. Now, when you take that principal payment out, you've got a positive cash flow of $303, right? So that's a cash on cash return. 
some people are like, well, I need four or $500 a house. Well, that's great. But in Memphis, you're not going to get that because the market is so competitive. There's so many renters. The 1% rule is very strong here. Sellers do not have to give away their property, especially if they're renting and it's producing 1%, 12% annual gross per year or better. But you're not going to get that kind of return anywhere. No, our, some our people re- say they can get it in California. I'm like, okay. But our, I don't our, know re- how. our returns here is what attracts so many people all over the country and the world to this market. What attracts people to Memphis is the stability of the market. Okay, you can still buy a rental property for $100,000 that's going to produce starting out 12% gross annual return and is going to grow from there. Memphis doesn't go 30% up next year and then drop 40% the following year. It just goes up 4 or 5% a year and just grows. And rent goes up 8 to 10% a year. So it's just a steady, slow upward growth. So what I did is I took this scenario on one house, and let's say we got an investor, and our goal is for them to buy 10 homes in five years. And we're going to use the exact same model for argument's sake, just to make it simple. You've got a $303 cash flow, which you can then apply back to your principal balance, pay that down faster. Forget the cash flow. And let's say we do this 10 times over the next five years. On year five, if you use the same numbers, just to make it easy, value, I used 15% increase in five years, which is very conservative. We all know that every year on year on it's 20, 25, 30% over five years. I increase the rent only by 15% in five years, but yet they're going up 8 to 10% a year. So these are very conservative numbers. Took out all my increases in expenses, and now I've got that one house is $608 a month in clean cash flow based on the increase in rents. If I take the equity position, the conservative equity position that I've just built in five years, and I bought 10 properties based on that, in five years I could be looking at $165,000 equity with about a $6,000 a month profit cash flow. Does that make sense? Yep. So getting away from the cash flow side, if you want to get to the cash flow, you got to get off this premise that you got to start buying big cash flow out of the gate. Because you can do that, but you're going to end up buying in a really crappy neighborhood. You're going to end up in a high risk area where the higher the risk, the higher reward, but typically that reward never comes because the risk ends up toppling you in that process. So getting into a good stable market and using this formula, I can easily predict that if we go this route and my numbers are half of what has been historically happening in Memphis, your worst case scenario, you're at 165, 165 grand in equity, 6,000 in monthly income for 10 properties. Now you multiply that times 10 years and you can pretty much double or triple that. Now you've built yourself asset wealth management, and now you've got cash flow. But if you go into a property saying, I need to make $600 a month, so I'm going to make an offer of $50,000 on an $80,000 house, you're never going to buy that house because there's always somebody here that'll pay seventy-nine dollars or $80,000 for that house simply because they understand the Memphis market. They know I will make 1% now, and then in next year I'll make 11, then it'll be 12, then it'll be 14, and then it'll be 18, and eventually. I'll have plenty of equity and plenty of cash flow. We had a discussion with Daniel Tabish and his brother. His model was exactly that. He has built a huge net worth over the last 25 years doing this process. He doesn't look at initial cash flow. He looks at equity. He looks at what he can refinance it for in a couple of years and draw more cash out to buy more properties. He never looks at the cash flow. He could care less about the cash flow. Well, I like how Daniel took it a step further in his strategy. He'll take the net income off of five properties, pour all that money into one property, 
pay that mortgage off ASAP and then just reinvest. It's the old Dave Ramsey credit card debt solution. You take the highest one, put all your money on it, pay it down. Then you take that payment plus the money you were putting on it and pay it to the next one and you just pay yourself out of debt. You know, I I think it's worth noting here, though, the scenario that you've presented here is a turnkey property. Yeah. This is something that an out-of-town investor who has no contacts, no contractors, no crews on the ground, this is a very conservative scenario for them to look at. Whereas Dan is looking at purchasing properties, doing the rehab. So he's also getting that extra equity position. He's building himself extra equity. Cash flow is pretty much going to be the same. Whether you're, if you buy a house and he's 10 grand worth of work, you buy a house, it's rehab. The rent's going to be the same, right? You can't buy a house for 50,000, put 20 in it, and all of a sudden raise the rent $200. Unless you, you know, you get in a particular neighborhood like Berkeley or someplace that would allow that. But really the basic question comes down to, do you want to buy the cash flow and build your equity, or do you want to invest in your equity and your cash flow by doing a rehab job? That's really the only basic question. But at the end of the day, you're going to be in the same scenario. Your cash flow is never going to be on a eleven ninety five a month rent. You're never going to have half of that as clear profit, especially if you're borrowing money from a bank, which I encourage. But if you take your principal portion out of that payment, and look at your numbers based on that because that's money you borrow from the bank, money you're paying to the bank. You're only expensing that loan as your interest. Then this long-term investing process begins to take shape. That's what we need to explain to people is that tell you, go to Little Rock, go to Arkansas, go buy, you got 35 grand? Great. Go buy a house. You go, oh, you got 300 grand. Well, go buy 20 houses. And here's what you're going to do. Go buy 20 houses. You're going to put 15 grand in each one of them. You're going to rent them for $1,000 a month. And then you're going to sell them to an investor and make 20 grand a house. And so some kid realizes, wow, I'm going to double my money in the next 90 days. But they don't understand that you can't buy that house in a neighborhood for 35000 and expect to make that kind of money. Because if we talked about before, that neighborhood, you're going to start rehabbing it, you're going to show up on the job site the next day and all your doors are gone, all your electrical wiring has been pulled out, or your something's been stolen out of the house. So the obvious question is, do you want that kind of risk or do you want to take a little bit lesser risk and a slower growth approach? Well, let's refer back to the stock market. If I'm a stockbroker and I come to you, Jeff, and say, hey, Jeff, give me $100,000 today. I'm going to put you in this company. It's a high risk company out of Canada. They produce this universal widget that no one's ever seen before. And I'm expecting their stock to double in the next 90 days. Or... Give me that same amount of money and I'll go pop you in Amazon and you'll probably make twenty, thirty thousand return on it in the next four or five years. What would be the obvious answer there? I'll take the long term. Exactly. Safer investment. In real estate, you can't afford to lose thirty grand on a property. Because if you only have forty or fifty grand saved up and you're trying to wisely invest that into building net asset wealth through real estate and eventually having good cash flow to where you don't have to work if you don't want to, same as Daniel. You got to be smart about it because if you go into a high risk situation, the chances are it's high risk because the chances are you're going to lose. So this scenario is pretty easy to explain to people because it shows that if you follow the plan five years from now, you've got 10 properties that are worth, I don't know, a million dollars. Worst case scenario, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity and $6,000 a month in income. Now, who wouldn't want to take advantage of that? It's a win-win. That's right. You could always liquidate some of it and put a lot of cash in your pocket. Well, eventually you end up like Daniel, 
right? Where you've got 60 properties and he's making, you know, 20 grand a month in cash flow. Doesn't have to get out of bed if he doesn't want to. And flies into Memphis with his brother and, you know, buys a $1.4 million apartment building for fun. Everybody listening to this podcast who wants to be an investor, that's what they want to do. They see that as their future. That's where they want to be. But they get tied up in these seminars with these really crazy theories and programs and all these different, just ridiculous ways of doing it. And they get sidetracked. They get into properties they shouldn't be in. They, they, they start losing money or they get hit hard on one, can't recover, and it ends their dream. Well, in the famous words of Glenn Green, he said it best. It's genius. Sure. You're putting a tenant in the house that's paying all those expenses, rent, taxes, insurance, repairs, maintenance, and all you invested was 20% down on that first property. That's all you're out of pocket, and the tenant is doing all the work for you, and you're the sole gain of all that equity. They are helping you build wealth. Well, put that in simple simple terms. That's genius to me, and and that's how Glenn put it. It's just that simple. That's how easy it is. Let's let's go further with that, all right? So you put down $22,000 on a house out of pocket. And let's say in a best scenario, you've always got a tenant, always paying rent. If it's MHA, you're getting your money guaranteed and all your expenses are covered and you still make $200. Five years from now, that house has got a $30,000 increase in value. You got a $30,000 equity. You've earned, I don't know, $10,000 in real income. So you got $40,000 earned. What have you done with that $20,000 investment? You've doubled it. Doubled it in five years. I'm going to refinance that first house and i'm going to use it for a down payment on the second third or fourth house or just or just roll use your money wisely and roll and buy two houses then four houses then five houses and build that asset wealth looking at it from that perspective the experts and the seminar guys don't want to hear this because they're only going to charge you to come to their seminar and get you all fired up if they can show you how you can become a millionaire next year does anybody know anybody that's become a millionaire in one year other than maybe Bezos or, you know, uh, what's the guy at Facebook, robot never, guy? Never going to happen. Elon Musk probably was born a millionaire. He probably just came out of his mother and poof, just became a billionaire because he's that smart. But I mean, that doesn't happen. So going down this road and this belief of buying and making all this money in a short period of time, it is a get rich quick scheme, which never works. We've all been pitched these ideas of getting rich overnight and being, you know, millionaires in a year if you do this and that and the other. Does it ever work? Then why would it work in real estate? My claim is that they're in the seminar business. They don't care about real estate. They're charging two thousand bucks a head for a hundred people. They make their money, move to the next town. I got an idea. I'll put this out on our show right now. You send me three hundred dollars, and I will give you three hours of my time and teach you everything you need to know about real estate. I'll do it for a third of the price. I'm going to teach you something different than what these clowns are teaching you. It's not rocket science. I mean, Nick, you're, you're new into this. Jerry, you're newer into this. Jeff's now finally, yeah, he's been in it long enough now. It's starting to gel for him. He's starting to get it. He's starting to understand the way the, the formula works. But now that you've been in this for a short period of time, Nick and Jerry, is this what you thought or is it, do you see a different pathway here? It's probably different than what you thought when you got into this. It's It's exactly what I thought, and just so you know, I sent out about a dozen letters last week with this scenario, exact same scenario that you just went through. Excellent. Well, and kind of circle back what we're talking about, the benefits of doing this, not only do you get a positive cash flow, you get an increase in equity, 
your net worth goes up every single month when mm-hmm. a tenant pays down all of your expenses on this property, but you're also getting tax breaks from owning the property. So yes. a lot of our investors that have other W-2 incomes, they're able to write a lot of these expenses off and reduce their taxable income because of these real estate investments. It's a win-win-win for Young everybody. guys don't have that problem yet, but eventually in life, uh, and I'll use this example, going back to Daniel, when he wanted to buy this apartment complex, he just picked up the phone and called Bank of Utah and said, hey, I need $1.2 million. Okay, Mr. Tabish, when will you come by to pick up your check? Because he's built such a net worth of assets and he's got so much collateral. He just signs a piece of paper and they write him a check for $1.2 million. So when you reach that level, your investment world opens up. I mean, you're wide open. You can do anything you want to do. So as long as you're smart about it, and obviously if banks not going to give you money if they think it's a harebrained idea, but he's been successful in this plan that I just talked about using this strategy so successfully that the bank just writes, just says, yeah, come pick up a check when you need it. It's also worth mentioning that Daniel is, a, is, he's a successful guy, but he started out with little or no money. He's just a regular old guy like we are, blue collar upbringing. He probably started out with 20 grand and built all that. No, not even that. Shane was telling me in the truck when I was taking him back to the hotel, he was telling me in the truck, he goes, Brett, I remember we were going to my mom's house and raiding the, uh, raiding the pantry for like beanie weenies and stuff. Cause we were starving. Cause we put all, he said, I literally took every dime I had and dumped it into my first property. And I could have easily lost my shirt, but I was young enough. I could recover. And they did okay on it. They made 10 grand on it. And then they just took that entire 10 grand and reinvested it. They didn't spend a dime of it. He said he and Daniel lived with like two roommates for f- several years while they were doing this because they didn't have any money because they kept taking their money and reinvesting and reinvesting. The young investors today have good paying jobs. They don't need that income. So you're, you're ahead of the game of what Daniel did and what his brother did. They didn't have these high paying jobs to pay their bills with. They were surviving at whatever way they could, but they knew that investing in real estate was their dream. That's what they wanted. Daniel had a vision of himself one day being late 40s and living in a big house and not having to work and having plenty of income and traveling the world and going to Vegas. He was just in Vegas last week. He left here, went home for a week, then hopped a plane to Vegas for a week. Now he's back in Utah and he's going to hop a plane going down somewhere in the Caribbean in two weeks. That's a dream life. You know, you touched on something a minute ago, Brett, about the bank not wanting to loan on a bad deal. Daniel and Shane mentioned that as well, talking about being patient. Think of the bank as your partner. You know, let them analyze some of these deals with you. And if they're not willing to lend on it, then there's a good chance it's not a good deal. It's, you're right. Very true. And it does happen. And I listen, I got it. I had an investor here week before last. I won't mention his name in case he hears the podcast because <laughs> he'll, but he'll know I'm talking about him since I say this. I've told him a hundred times, slow your roll, man. You got to get some patience because if you move too fast, that's where you make your mistakes. That's how people get in and out of this business very quickly. They move too fast. I said, take your time, be calculated. And I've had to tell him this multiple times. And I think he may have mentioned to you guys at dinner one night that Brett's told me several times, slow your roll, man, calm down, be patient. But and that's where we come in as your investment team is we're the ones that are telling you to be patient. We're going to help you find the good deals. And we're going to let you know, hey, this is not a good deal. Right. Trust us. We're the boots on the ground. We know the market. We know the areas. We know the houses. Exactly. Listen. I can say this a million times, and I hope every time I say it, one young investor gets it. But patience, being smart about how you invest, where you invest, is not difficult to do. 
But if you just take a deep breath and sit down and just think it through, instead of just jumping out there and just going crazy, you'll be better off for it. Part of that is getting yourself a good agent team, a good investment team that understands the market you're going into. Part of that is knowing you've got a decent management company that's going to help manage that property for you and your cash flow. Part of that is making sure you got a good title company that's making sure you don't have a clouded title where you end up buying a house and all of a sudden you can't resell it if you have to because it's got a cloud on the title. There's just so many aspects to this, but if you just take your time, work with someone like us that can help you design a plan, tell you what alligators that we know of, try to guide you through that swamp and make sure you miss the... Did everybody see the movie The Princess Bride? Okay. Yeah. I love that movie. You know, with the whatever blows up out of the ground where the swamp rats were, whatever they call that, you know, we try to guide our people through that. Some guys don't listen. I've been fired by investors who claimed I wasn't the right agent for them because I didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. I told them what they needed to hear. So those things are very important. If you want to end up like Daniel, Michael Gibson's another one. Doesn't have to work. He started when he was 25 years old and has done an excellent job investing in real estate. You know, there's not a lot of agents out there that would tell you, hey, this is not a good deal. Let's let's walk away, pull back from this one. And I yeah. can think of three times over just the last couple of weeks we've done that, that we've had to do that because we've done some legwork and realized that, hey, this this is not going to be a And that same scenario. impatient investor, it was his properties. And I told him to pull out, back off. And it took Nick saying to back off. And when we both said we need to back off, he, he backed off. Well, the unfortunate thing in this business is there's a lot of agents out there that would have followed through with that deal just to get a commission check and move on. But then we're, we're not, in, we're not in that business. Well, we're in the investment business and we're also investing in our business in the future oh, here. And if we steer somebody towards a bad deal, well, that doesn't, yeah, end we, well don't for our to, business. we don't want to, well, can I, I'll we tell you, buy one house for you, you want to buy a hundred houses for you. I will tell you that when Glenn passed away, he had a hundred investors and those investors only bought from Glenn Green, period. The reason why he had investors that owned 20 homes, one home, 50 homes, he had some Japanese guys that own 100 homes. We've got one guy out of New York, who I, I won't mention his name. He's got 60 homes here that he bought through Glenn. These guys didn't buy from Glenn. And my investors that own 40, 50 properties, they purchased over the last seven years. They didn't buy from me repeatedly just because I was the only agent in town. They bought from me because they used the system. I guided them. I told them when they were wrong. They listened to me. They told me when I was wrong. I listened to them. And we worked together as a team. And they are very successful because of it. So that, in my opinion, is the biggest difference between our team and a lot of other agents. They just don't put the time into developing the relationship, developing a good, solid plan, and making sure your investor adheres to that plan. Because let's face it, sometimes an investor, Daniel can be that way. He'll get hot on the trail of a deal, and he's gung-ho to go. And then I'll go out there, look at everything. Nick will go out and look at it. And all of a sudden, we'll pull the reins back. So no. This isn't going to work the way you thought it would work. And he listens to that and we just move on. I'm just going to keep reiterating patience. Patience, put a good plan together, get you a good agent, get you a good team of agents. We are a team. We do a lot of work on behalf of each other. We help each other out. Jeff goes out and kind of helps pick up some of the slack on what I've got going on and vice versa. I would like for you to give us a call, 901-692-7401, if you're interested in discussing investing in real estate. You don't have to use this if you call and pick my brain. I'm not going to ask for a credit card up front to have a consultation. It's free of charge. And also subscribe to our podcast, 5 O'Clock Summer Real Estate Podcast, or go to our website, mymemphisinvestmentproperties.com. I would love to share this formula I put together. 
the true numbers I put together to help people understand there is a great path forward to becoming very wealthy in real estate. And what the clown in California and the seminar or Vegas told you is probably not going to work, period. Why don't you download that Princess Bride movie on the website? <laughs> Did you really watch that? I love who's, that movie. Whose idea that was a great that? Movie? Whose idea Andre, was Andre that? The Giants your wife's? Um, uh, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> That's a great movie. You, you are, never have you ever seen the movie? You are no, I've never. Okay, had it. well, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to hear from you. I think maybe I need to go home and watch it now. <laughs> you know what? I don't know why. I think my I was going to watch Terminator, but I might watch Princess <laughs> the Princess Bride instead when I it, get home. Listen, it's act, his Andre the Giant, and it actually has a couple of actors in it that you would know very well today. They were really young at the time, and it's just a it's a cool fairy tale story that my daughter loved, and I sat down and watched it with her one time, and I actually enjoyed the movie, The Fire Swamp. I don't know what the things that come out of the ground were. I forgot what they were, but and the big swamp rats, which reminded me of our nutrias in Louisiana. I'm not judging. I'm just sitting in a room okay. with four macho men. Just you remember this. Princess you Bride. remember this. If you ever see a six <laughs> six fingered man with a sword, run the other way because he's dangerous. Okay. Right? okay. My name is Montanio. What was the name? Ego Montoya. Yeah, Ego Montoya. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. All right, you need to watch it. Matter of fact, I'm making a, a requirement of this team. You cannot be on this team unless you've watched The Princess Bride. You are listening to Five O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investment Podcast. We are the Stamps Real Estate Company Investment Division. We are an investment team that does nothing but specialize in working with old school, middle school, and brand new kindergarten investors. We have investors around the world that we help buy, sell and renovate property, and we'd love to work with you. Call us at 901-692-7401, or you can visit us online at mymemphisinvestmentproperties.com. We're going to have a page added to our website that will have all of our listings, all of our off-market, all of our turnkey, all of our new construction on there. All of our coming soon. Um, eventually, I guess once we get that done, I want to try to work out a mechanism where we can enter our investors' email addresses. So every time we add a property, It'll fire off an update email to everybody saying, hey, we just added this property to our list. Uh, it'll give you a good idea of what we're doing. It'll give you a good list of properties we have available. It doesn't mean you've got to buy one of those because we help investors buy properties from all different agents and around the city all the time. This is just what we currently have in our back pocket, builders and rehabbers and people that we represent and we flip their properties out for them. So we'll make it available. It'll have everything from the offer price, the, the market rent, if it's MHA, three bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, two, square footage. We can't grade the neighborhood, but we can do that for you on the phone. We can't talk about the school system or the neighborhood because that's considered, I don't know what term they use, but it's frowned upon. But we'll give you all the information and we'll try to give you as many pictures as possible. Some of them we can get interior pics. Some of them are rented. We can't get interior pics. But, you know, we'll, we'll work with you on getting as much data as possible. For more common sense real estate tips, listen and subscribe at 5oClockSomewherePodcast.com. The 5 O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast is a Sound Ideas Group production. 